I'm Lenny Batiki. This week on Wind Tunnel. Justin Marks has entered the Wind Tunnel. Is an Indy 500 entry in Trackhouse's racing future? Yeah, it's 100%. It's 100% a goal of Trackhouse. My father took me to the Indianapolis 500 in 1995, and that's that's where that's where this all started for me. He's an IndyCar Series and Indy 500 champion. Ryan Hunter Ray joins me now. Do you want to go back to IndyCar with a full-time ride? To be honest with you, this is something I actually I needed. I mean, I, I it was nice, like I said, after that long run with the team, to have a year of trying new things. You know, I, I'm 41. Um, you know, I've definitely got less years ahead of me racing uh, than I do behind. Taking this week's Advance Auto Parts victory lap is 19-year-old Evan Shotko. What does a 19-year-old do with the $40,000 that you banked from your victories at Jennerstown in Berlin? Oh, I, I've been telling everybody that money was spent a long time ago. It just recouped a little bit of the bank account. <laughs> You'll hear from these three, as well as all our weekend racing updates on this week's episode of Jackaroot's Wind Tunnel. Wind Tunnel is brought to you by Advance Auto Parts, the official auto parts retailer of NASCAR. Here's your Wind Tunnel host, Jack Aroot. I'm pleased that you decided to join me this week. Now, before we get to this week's guests, let's review this past weekend's racing action. For NASCAR, it was a trip to the scenic... For NASCAR... It was a trip to the scenic Finger Lakes region of New York and the Watkins Glen International Raceway. In the Xfinity race, it was a fender-flailing finish that saw Kyle Larson take the top honors. The restart's so important. Byron on the inside, Gibbs on the outside, back up through the gears to go. A great restart for Gibbs. We'll see if he can make it work. To the inside, the 17 goes up the racetrack. He goes, and the 54 has to go very high now. Almost all the top 10 is off the course. They're three wide for third as everybody's jostling for real estate. Ty Gibbs is slipping in the corner. Byron goes wide to accommodate. They lean on each other in turn four. Side by side for the lead. Larson thinks for a moment three wide at the backstretch. Larson's going to push the 17 of Byron down into the breaking zone. Here comes Ty Gibbs side by side. There's going to be contact. Bus cars go spinning. Bus cars are spinning out of the lead. Larson goes through AJ. Sammy Smith into third. Impressive up through the S's. Too wide for the 17 in the 54. And now we see the 54 live at the bottom is backwards again. And then right here into the bus stop. You just know too wide. Very difficult. The 54 drives it in and just gets loose and takes the 17 with him. Larson comes through. One more opportunity for him into seven. Larson's able to drive away from him. Kyle Larson, after making some changes to the car, had to start in the back. He goes all the way to the front, and Kyle Larson's going to win at the Glen. The next day, it was the Cup Series turn, and despite a wet weather start, Larson used a hip check move on his Hendrick Motorsport teammate, Chase Elliott, to sweep the races at the Glen. And back up through the gears we go. Elliott on the outside, Larson on the inside. They're side by side still. And Larson surging ahead now as they get into one. He outbreaks it, but he slides up the track as they both slide up the track and opens the door for A.J. Allmendinger. 
Kyle Larson used up Chase Elliott coming into turn number one. It's going to earn him the lead before he gets to turn number two. He won here a year ago, and he looks to go back-to-back at the Glen. Kyle Larson comes out on the front stretch. He'll see the checkered flag. Larson wins again at the Glen. Tell me about the move to pass your teammate Chase Elliott. We did see the right front locked up going into turn one. Yeah, uh... And I knew that was kind of my only opportunity. Um, I'm not proud of it, um, but you being in the inside lane or the right lane and you being the leader choosing the left lane, it's it's definitely, you know, wins out. Um, but when it gets late in the race, it's definitely risky. And like I said, I knew that was my only opportunity to uh, to get by him. So, um, you know, I felt like our cars were pretty equal today and had a lot of fun after the green flag cycle trying to chase him down and um, kind of burnt my stuff up a little bit. But the uh, the restarts you know, kept me in it and kept our team in it. So uh, proud of our guys. Um, good to get another win here at Watkins Glen. Uh, get some more bonus points going in the playoffs, which is we haven't had many of those this year. So um, you know, hopefully this will build on some momentum and we can uh, keep racking some more points. Now, before we get to our weekly update from the short track scene, let's move to IndyCar and Gateway just outside of St. Louis that hosted the IndyCar Series for their final oval race of the season and a points race that is incredibly tight. Rain stopped the race for more than two hours with just 43 laps left to go. But when they cranked them back up, it was Joseph Newgarden who was on a championship mission. Joseph Newgarden wins back-to-back years at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Make that four for Newgarden here at this track in the PPG Chevy. Awesome performance. And that's his fifth win on the season. Actually, make it three in a row here. This man's on a mission, and he's within three of the championship lead. This is a great night. This is a very big night. you gotta win. You got to win these races when you're in position to do it. And I wanted to close that one out really badly, really, really badly. And so I was... Uh, elated elated that we were able to get back going and i had the opportunity on the restart you know i'm thankful to my teammate i thought i thought scott drove me with a tremendous amount of respect he raced me hard you know he didn't he wasn't giving me anything but he he just gave me a lot of respect um you know like you would expect from a teammate but i think he goes above and above beyond sometimes and it's a big night for all of us and finally let's get you up to date on all of last weekend's NASCAR Advanced Auto Parts weekly racing action. Here's PRN's Lenny Vitticki, who filed this report. Thanks a lot, Jack. This is your NASCAR Advance Auto Parts Weekly Racing Series Report. We'll start out at Bethel Motor Speedway in New York. John Cody, the winner there. Chris Turbush gets the victory at Riverhead. Evergreen Speedway in Washington to Thomas Stanford. Truett Miranda, victorious at South Carolina's Florence Motor Speedway. While at Greenville Pickens, Riley Gentry and Mag Tate split the victories. Jason Myers wins at Bowman Gray Stadium in North Carolina. They crown Tim Brown the 12-time champion in the modified division. Clay Jones, the winner at Wake County, Monadnock Speedway in New Hampshire to Kyle Boniface, Chris Schroeder gets the victory at Hudson, Claremont Falls to Hayden Grenier, Luke Ramsey a winner at Adams County in Iowa, Berlin Raceway in Michigan, Kyle Crump and Evan Schottko both get the checkers, Zach Riddle wins at Madison International in Wisconsin, Eastbound Park in Canada, Spencer Haywood got that victory, David Air Bear a winner at Autodrome Granby, Elko Speedway in Minnesota, Jake Ryan and Billy Mond split the victories, Toby McIntyre winner 
Center at Coos Bay, Jennerstown, Pennsylvania to Brian Ship, Grandview to Craig Van Doren, Jalen Hardbarger victorious at Kansas's Salina Highbanks, Motor Mile Speedway in Virginia to Mike Looney, Peyton Sellers and Lane Riggs split the victories at South Boston, Langley the same for Greg Edwards and Justin Carroll, Alex Brock a winner at Dominion, Magic Valley Speedway in Idaho to Anthony Quintana, Kyle Telstrom wins at Meridian, New Smyrna Speedway in Florida to Brad May, Chad Smith the winner at Rockford, Illinois, and Seekonk Speedway in Massachusetts to Crystal Murray. That's your NASCAR Advanced Auto Parts Weekly Racing Series report. Thanks for having us. And there you have it. Now, you're completely up to speed. First up this week... Ryan Hunter Ray, his sixth career win and second win in Milwaukee. Ryan Hunter Ray wins the Iowa Corn Indy 250. Three in a row for Ryan Hunter Ray. The American will take over the championship lead. Lester Nicola is the difference. A final turn. Hunter Ray to call the finish. A voice of the 500. Paul Ray. And it is Ryan Hunter Ray that is going to lead Elio Castroneves across the line. Ryan Hunter Ray has his first Indianapolis 500 mile race win. You will hear from Ryan Hunter Ray, a.k.a. Captain America, next. Hey, car lovers. At Advance Auto Parts, we have what you need to keep your car running all season long. So if you enjoy getting ahead of the curve when it comes to taking care of your ride, Advance Auto Parts has everything to keep your ride on track to reach the victory lap. Because you can trust the team at Advance Auto Parts to assist you in finding what you need at the right price. Stop by Advance Auto Parts, where you're always number one. This is how we advance. And it is Ryan Hunter-Ray that is going to lead Elio Castroneves across the line. Ryan Hunter-Ray has his first Indianapolis 500-mile race win. Welcome back to your podcast home for motorsports conversation. Jackaroots Wind Tunnel. Well, his accomplishments in IndyCar racing earned him the nickname Captain America. Who needs a Marvel comic book when you have Ryan Hunter Ray, who joins me right now? Ryan, it's good to have you with us. Um, We all know the saga um, and the wins and not only the Indy 500, but so many other wins, starting with that great victory at Watkins Glen. But this has been a year where... I'm just going to say you've been on hiatus because you did compete in the uh, in the SRX series, but uh, you've also signed with Chip Ganassi Racing for the future for his his uh, IMSA efforts. But I wonder just how badly do you want to get back in the cockpit of an IndyCar? Well, you know, Jack, it's great to be on. Thanks for having me. And uh, actually, I really enjoyed the year. Uh, you know, I was with the same program for, what, 12 years, uh, basically, you know, and, and, you know, obviously had a long run there uh, with the Andretti Autosport program. Um, loved working with the people there. And, you know, Michael and I agreed at the end of, uh, at the end of 2020, that 2021 would be our last year together. So, this has all been coming for a while. And to be honest with you, this is something I actually, I needed. I mean, I, I, it was nice, like I said, after that long run with the team to have a year of trying new things, you know, I I'm 41. Um, you know, I've definitely got less years ahead of me racing, uh, than I do behind, but it's been, it's been an absolute blast, uh, you know, doing the SRX series, racing in the endurance races for, for uh, Chip Ganassi and the Cadillac. Um, we have Petit Lamar coming up. 
look, looking forward to a test uh, in about a week and a half at Road Atlanta for that. So I'm enjoying it. And I got to spend the summer with my kids. I got to do a lot with them. You know, we traveled throughout the Midwest and the motorhome going the SRX races. And it's something that I, you know, I get to cherish those moments in the ages that they are so impressionable being nine, seven and five. It was great to be able to spend that time with them. You know, Dick Vermeil, a dear friend of mine, always remarked because he stepped away, as you know, from uh, NFL coaching and then went into broadcasting and then came back with the St. Louis franchise and delivered them uh, a Super Bowl victory. And he always remarked, he said, the wonderful thing, as much as I hated walking away from the passion that I had for the NFL, getting away from it allowed me to see it from a different perspective. Now, I've heard you comment uh, when you're interviewed at some of the IndyCar racings, has it has it happened to Ryan Hunter Ray too? Being outside the cockpit gives you a different, shall I say, world view of the state of IndyCar racing. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, I've just been in the trenches for so long in it. Um, I've been in a program that with the same with the same people, and the, it, it it was time for a change, you know. And I, I needed that. And yeah, being on the outside looking in. Um, I also realized what I've known all along, which is IndyCar racing is the best championship um, in the world, I believe. When it comes to pure entertainment, pure driving, uh, you know, you turn the TV on on any given Saturday or Sunday to watch an IndyCar race, you have no idea who's going to win. And that's the beautiful thing. You know, you turn on an F1 race, you've got an idea. Um, NASCAR takes a little bit longer to pan out. Um, obviously, I have I have a lot more uh, appreciation for what those guys do, having run against a bunch of, um, you know, cup champions in the SRX. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm absolutely a huge fan of IndyCar. And, you know, I have to evaluate and look inside myself um, as to what I see going forward. You know, am I, am I concentrating on, on a factory um, sports car program and IMSA? Because IMSA's got a huge, huge um, you know, era coming up here where they're going to, it's going to take off with, and it is taking off. It's here, um, you know, with all of the, the GTP testing and everything that's happening there with all the manufacturers coming in. That's very, very exciting to me. I love IMSA racing. Um, and it's, it's been a part of my career since, you know, since my early days in IndyCar. So uh, it's a part of who I am and the driver that I am. And honestly, it's, it's very attractive to me. And there's not a whole lot of seats left there because, you know, the, the ship has sailed in many regards in some of these. But, um, you know, I really enjoyed my time working with CGR and, and it's a great team, great group of people there on the IMSA side, the Cadillac side, the teammates that I've been working with. So I'm not really sure. You know, I still really don't know where my uh, focus lies uh, for next year, but I, I am definitely looking, looking hard at the, at the endurance IMSA side of it. All right. So in the meantime, broadening your motorsports experiences this year how's the fishing been <laughs> the fishing the fishing's been fun you know it's been a really windy windy summer here um we've been we've been up and down to the keys in the boat with the kids um you know it was special doing some other things i i just went uh scuba diving well you call it scuba diving it's it's called a third lung brownie's third lung basically it's a it's a compressor that sits on the surface with long tubes that go down yeah and watching my, um, you know, watching my seven-year-old go straight to the bottom in 25, 30 feet of water was just amazing to do that with him, you know. And we just did that. That was another first for all these kids this summer. And that was, that was really special, you know, going down, getting lobster, uh, bringing them back up, eating them at night, that type of stuff. is just, uh, 
it, it, it's been a lot of fun. We've been doing less fishing, honestly, than we have been diving. So um, I've enjoyed that. Well, Isla Morada, really, uh, who needs to bring out a rod when you can go and, and, and do just what you're describing? You know, I, I think people outside of the carnival that we live in don't realize some of the sacrifices that are made, not by you, because you get all the glory. You get to wave the checkered flag and jump out of the car, but by the family that not necessarily that you leave behind, but that have to compete not only for your attention, but your emotional attachment, getting away from that and focusing on your kids. I can see and hear the smile in your voice. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're, like I said, they're, they're at that age now where it's pretty busy. I don't know how Becky, my wife has ever done it without me in town leaving every week. Um, but yeah, she is. She is. And the moms out there deserve so much credit. Uh, but with three boys, nine, seven and five, you know, it's been, it's important that I've been around more, um, been able to teach them more things, share experiences with them. And that's, that's, like I said, that's been special. And, um, you know, on the IndyCar side, you are, you're, 120 percent in right you're, you're traveling every week you're you're mentally physically emotionally in it and you have to be in order to compete in one is one of the most competitive series in the world um and the schedule is such that you know it, it takes you away some, a lot it takes you um you know away from your family a lot and it, like you said that does that that does take a unique set of uh circumstances and personalities to um to kind of maneuver and adapt to that. All right. So which of the three boys is your biggest driving critic? <laughs> critic. Um, uh, you know, I don't know. I, my oldest one, right. And he's, he's really into racing. He's re he, he wants to be an IMSA prototype driver. He does not have any interest in IndyCar, which I think is, is pretty interesting to me. And I'm, I've been trying to kind of unwrap that. That says a lot about the popularity of IMSA. That does for sure. When a kid latches onto that, I mean, you know, on his little iPad that he has, he's got a screenshot of one of the cars in, in camouflage and testing, uh, you know, and testing livery. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. Uh, but he asks the most questions. They don't really critique me too much. Um, you know, sometimes they'll ask where I like at the SRX races, they'll be like, well, why didn't you win? I'm, I'm, I'm explaining to them, you know, <laughs> I've, uh, <laughs> I heard I, that I've been from learning. him. I heard yeah. that from him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, all right, well, I'm, I'm learning that, you know, I need to, to go, to go faster. I need to go slower and I need to turn things down a little bit. So it's been interesting adapting that way, but uh, no, they're all, they're all on my team for sure. And you know, my youngest doesn't even really, he's not even that into it, which is fine. Totally cool. Totally cool with it. But they've grown up seeing me in a yellow suit. Like that's part of my persona. Like I'm some type of uh, superhero in a suit all the time. Um, so it was, uh, it was fun to, you know, take them to different races and, and see completely different race cars and a different livery, a different color. And, uh, yeah, it's funny how kids, um, how, how kids, you know, adapt and how they think and how, how they ask questions. And, and, uh, it's been, it's been fun though, doing things different this year. Well, listen, it's been fun to follow you throughout your career, but most importantly, to see what you've been doing in 2022. Continued success. We are in your corner. We're going to get Ryder on uh, uh, the go-kart series up here in Connecticut so that then he can say, hey, Dad, I finished higher at Stafford than you did. But that's down the road for next year. Good luck, and thanks so much for joining me inside the Wing Tunnel today. All right, Jack. Thanks for having me. Anytime, buddy. Next up on Wind Tunnel. 
Here comes Shotko again, digging hard on the bottom, riding the apron of the racetrack, and that car pivots so great down on the bottom. Shotko will have none of it, and the 19-year-old scoots to the lead. Well, Coopersville, Michigan is out of the car. Your winner, the fifth annual Motor Mountain Masters, is Evan Shotko. Jennerstown was pretty big on Saturday, but it was all to get him ready for this moment. The battle at Berlin 250, he's talked about what it would mean to him to win a huge race like this at his home track, and now he's half a lap away from doing just that. Coming up, you'll meet this week's Advance Auto Parts Victory Lap guest after this message. Hey, car lovers. At Advance Auto Parts, we have what you need to keep your car running all season long. So if you enjoy getting ahead of the curve when it comes to taking care of your ride, Advance Auto Parts has everything to keep your ride on track to reach the victory lap. Because you can trust the team at Advance Auto Parts to assist you in finding what you need at the right price. Stop by Advance Auto Parts, where you're always number one. This is how we advance. Man, this is for all those guys. Uh, there's a ton of them out there that, that are like me, that have won here and all these great short tracks around here. We can do it. We just need the opportunities. Today proved it. Yeah, it's a short track, but it's still damn hard to win here, and we did it. They are hometown heroes, drivers who put their passion on the line in front of their friends. Here we go, three wide. Got Sellers up in the marbles. Halfway home in this one. Off turn four, he heads for the checkered flag. Here comes Riggs. Riggs is back at it on the inside. Jennerstown was pretty big on Saturday, but it was all to get him ready for this moment. The battle at Berlin 250. He's talked about what it would mean to him to win a huge race like this at his home track. And now he's half a lap away from doing just that. Buckle up and hold on tight. Time now to focus the spotlight on hometown heroes with this week's Advance Auto Parts Victory Lap. Brought to you by the NASCAR Advance Auto Parts Weekly Racing Series. Driving local racing in local communities forward. Well, taking this week's victory lap presented by Advance Auto Parts, I guess we should say it's a $40,000 victory lap for my guest, Evan Shotko. Evan, in the span of just a handful of days, you win at Jennerstown, then go back to your home track, Berlin for the 250 lapper. You beat a bunch of cup regulars and for all your efforts, you snare 40 K. So America needs to know what does a 19 year old do with $40,000? Oh, I I've been telling everybody that money was spent a long time ago. It just recouped a little bit in the bank account. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about, uh, that magical week because, uh, not that you're an overnight sensation, but certainly it has generated a lot of national coverage for you and your career goals within super late model racing. Yeah, I mean, seriously, a, a dream come true. I've been wanting to win the, the 250 ever since I was, you know, six years old or whatever. You know, it's always been a goal of mine. Um, and, and last year we were we were going to win it, but we had it in an ignition box fail, like 30 laps to go. We had an awesome car then, and we were leading it, ignition box fails. So we've been devastated. That's been on our mind ever since last year, you know, to so to come back and win that um, is unreal. Um, and then, you know, we can't we can't forget about the Jennerstown win as well. I mean, that's a big deal. Beat some big names there. Um, it's seriously just a dream come true. 
you know, I I watched all of the Jennerstown race and most of uh, the 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 battle at Berlin, but uh, that that northern cat Eddie McDonald, he was all over you like white on rice there in Jennerstown. Uh, what was it as tight a battle? as it looked like as I watched it on flow? Well, so to be honest with you, I didn't, I didn't know that weather was coming. We checked the weather um, before the race started um, and we didn't see anything on our channel. So we were just kind of trying to run it out. I think you'd better change the channel. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we were just riding around saving tires. And like, man, why is this guy pushing so hard? Well, come to find out rain was right there, you know? So I do think that we had, um, you know, the, the best car. I mean, obviously it's hard to say, um, but the car was just spot on all night. Um, can't take anything away from those guys though. They were pretty quick as well. I just feel like that was, it was our night. The, the tires worked out great. The car was great. The weather came to us. Everything just aligned. And it paved the way for return to your home track for what is arguably the one of the Midwest's late model circuits, biggest races. So when you unload it off the trailer and there are, you know, numerous cup drivers that are taking one offs to do battle at Berlin, uh, did, did, it, did it hit you that you were going to be competing with some of the very, very best uh, as you got ready to compete for those 250 laps? Yeah. I mean, um, that race, we're kind of right in the middle of our, our hot streak. We went on a little bit of a roll. So everybody's like, oh, you got to feel really good going into this. It's like, no, I, I don't care how many races I won. I'm still the underdog, you know? So um, they, uh, it was such an honor racing against those guys. Um, I mean, it was, it was just really, really cool. It's not too often you can beat cup guys like that. So who was the toughest of the cup guys? William Byron was, was really, really good. Um, we figured He's a beast. He He's a beast. He, he, yeah. he really is. And then, you know, Carson Hosevar, uh, that's his home track. So, uh, you know, they were, I figured they'd both be pretty tough, and they both were for a while. Um, I felt like they, uh, they pushed it a little bit too hard too early, um, and, uh, you know, they, they burned their stuff up. So Brian Campbell and I kind of rode around the whole race, and we were the ones there at the end. You know, Evan, I say this all the time when I cover uh, events, guys like you, when you're starting in your career, your main bill of fare off the racing buffet are 35 or 45 or 50 lappers. And that means you got to get up on the wheel right from the drop of the green rag. But in the case of the big money races, young guys like you have to acquire the racecraft skill of how to save tires, how to have what you need at the end. So where did you get so good at it? And how did you get so good at it? Um, you know, it's, uh, I don't really know. You know, I, I have a million laps in this, uh, pavement stuff, even though I've not, not been doing it for crazy long. Um, but you know, my, my dad used to race, uh, for a long time. I was tied up with, like Johnny Van Dorn and stuff. I worked at Van Dorn racing development. So um, it's kind of just something that I, I've heard around the pits um, and I don't know where I got it from or what, but apparently I'm pretty decent at it. <laughs> yeah, apparently 40,000 reasons why you're more than just decent at it. You know, another honor that a lot of people that aren't from the Midwest, 
I know how important it is because I was instrumental in Alan Kowicki's career at the cup level, winning or becoming a, an Alan Kowicki recipient of that great program. When you got the news about that, uh, how did it make you feel and how important is that to have that on your resume? Yeah, I, I mean, it was it was seriously really cool. I never in a million years thought I was going to make it into that. Um, it, it's a pretty, pretty big honor. Uh, even when we were announced as one of the 16 possible drivers, I was like, wow, this is unreal, you know. Um, but it's it's been so cool for me so far because, you know, I'm not a very social, outgoing person. So it's kind of pushed me outside my comfort zone a little bit. Um, and it pushed me to, uh, you know, help give back to the community and things like that. So now that I'm actually doing it, it's like, okay, this is something I should have been doing for a long time. You know, um, it's a really, really cool deal. And to win, it would mean the world. I, I must ask you what's on your remainder of the schedule for 2022. What, what does Evan Shotko want to accomplish before winter strikes the Midwest and we all go into hibernation and have to relive thanks to flow racing the good old days when they were actually racing at speed at berlin at south south boston at stafford speedway everywhere across america what's it going to be like between now and then for you and what you have set your goals for so we uh we have recently acquired the the points lead at Berlin, so we're we got two more races left there. We want to go finish out strong, go win the championship. Uh, there's one more race at Jennerstown, October first, um, but then after that, we're going to gear up. Hopefully, if if sponsor stuff lines up, and go to the Derby. Uh, probably run the snowflake. So we're going to kind of, you know, take a few months off, try and save up a little money, get some sponsors, get the car ready. And uh, really. I, I guess, see, now it makes sense what you said when you first joined me, you already spent that 40 K. So you got to find some big money races so that you can fund your efforts in Pensacola for the snowflake and for uh, the last big race at Jennerstown. And then of course, you know, I personally uh, would like to see nothing better than you take a sizable chunk of championship cash from my buddy Jeff Striegel up there at Berlin. Oh, that'd be nice. <laughs> what are your career goals? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm assuming, you know, someone your age has got your sights, at least at this point in time, set on following the hosts of ours of the world and, you know, the cup regulars and make it to the very top. But what do you think it's going to take for you to succeed at that? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously I, I'd love to, to make it far, uh, but we're not, we're not millionaires. I'm just lucky to be doing what I'm doing. So I, uh, I own a business working on race cars and stuff called shotgun Motorsports. So uh, my, my goal is to, to grow that. So I'm always involved in racing um, and use that money to continue driving. Um, I don't, I don't want to run my parents broke. You know, my goal is in the next two years to be able to fund a hundred percent of my own racing, you know? So um, as long as I can stay in the, the circle track scene and I can still drive and I can make a living racing, um, I'm happy. Yeah. But wouldn't you like to go 200 miles an hour at a place like Talladega? It would be very cool, but it comes a point in time where I got to be a little more realistic. <laughs> yeah, You know, one year ago, uh, the advanced my track challenge, the $50,000 was, 
went to your home track, Berlin Raceway. There was a huge celebration. How important is it to short trackers like you to have the incredible financial and marketing support that Advance Auto Parts brings to the NASCAR Advance Auto Parts Weekly Series? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty awesome. You know, uh, short track, you know, short tracks around the country, um, they typically don't make a ton of money. You know, they, they do it because they love it. So, you know, that uh, that money is really able to, to help them out in the areas that they need, you know. Um, it's, uh, it's a pretty awesome, awesome thing of them to do. Uh, and I think it's really going to help out short track racing in the long run. And there's a pretty fat check that goes to winning the track championship too. Right. I, I don't even know what it is. Hey, let's put it this way. It's Jennerstown and Berlin money. How about that? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So you'd better put your nose to the grindstone, my friend. Hey, right. <laughs> congratulations on, on an incredible run. Keep it going. Keep the elbows up. Keep your nose to the grindstone. Keep working that that side hustle that is going to pay for your racing uh, with, with your uh, little racing development operation. And uh, I got a sneaky suspicion we're going to visit a number of times here in uh, the wind tunnel as you continue to grab checkered flag. Evan, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. You've been listening to the Advance Auto Parts Victory Lap, brought to you by the NASCAR Advance Auto Parts Weekly Racing Series, driving local racing in local communities forward. Coming up after the break. Mr. Worldwide. This is how you change the world. This is a big project, Trackhouse. Everybody that works for this company. Get lost with me tonight. Bought into the promise, I think, that we have. Slow motion, chase the sun as we burn one down. Oh, yeah, amigo. I'm driving. We go high as a mother. Nothing's gonna stop us. Come back. I've been here for years, hustling blood, sweat, tears. I say what they want, I do what they don't. I am what they ain't. I go hard like Shaq in the paint. I'm a fighter. Survivor rider. Trackhouse Racing this year has been on fire. Josh Castain is going to get his first NASCAR Cup Series win. Get lost with me tonight. Cruise slow motion, chase the sun as we burn. Here we go, and Suarez is on it. Perfect. That 99 is hustling down that straightaway, boys. Nothing's gonna stop us. Keep coming. Hell yeah. In victory lane again this season. Hey, car lovers. At Advance Auto Parts, we have what you need to keep your car running all season long. So if you enjoy getting ahead of the curve when it comes to taking care of your ride, Advance Auto Parts has everything to keep your ride on track to reach the victory lap because you can trust the team at Advance Auto Parts to assist you in finding what you need at the right price. Stop by Advance Auto Parts, where you're always number one. This is how we advance. Welcome back to your podcast home for motorsports conversation, Jackaroot's Wind Puddle. Well, it's absolutely appropriate. Can't Stop Us Now by Pitbull has got to be the theme song for my next guest and his trackhouse racing operations, specifically in 2022. Justin Marks joins us here inside the wind tunnel. 
I think, Justin, there's nothing stopping you now. Congratulations on a terrific season, getting ready to ratchet it up yet again for the playoffs. Yeah, thanks, Jack. It's been uh, it's been a kind of a, a roller coaster ride, so to speak. I mean, you know, we've got plan. We've had plans all along to build a, a competitive organization, and and you know, we've kind of just been thrust into the spotlight. I think a little bit quicker than any of us had anticipated. So we're sort of perpetually trying to catch up and trying to do what we can to to sort of maintain the speed that we've got in the cars and keep improving every week. So we we, we just we have a tremendous opportunity, and hopefully, we're just in the first inning of a long of a long game for this company. So, um, but it's been a great start. We're excited about it. Yeah, I, there's so many topics that I do want to touch on, but I, I want to go to the most recent one. Um, certainly, you forged uh, some new ground and a new pathway with your Project 91 first outing uh, just completed with uh, Kimi Raikkonen. And- How about Kimi Raikkonen, the F1 champ, up to ninth on this strategy. Great experience running at the front, learning quickly, Bagley. Kimi Raikkonen on the move. What a maiden voyage in the Cup Series for him. He's trying to wedge his way underneath and slide through. He'll do that at the bottom of turn number two and the bottom of the essence. Here's Kimi right now through turn number three. He is up to ninth. He is 3.14 seconds behind the race leader. A lot of traffic to deal with, but Daly's got a full head of steam right now. You could tell that he thoroughly enjoyed himself. Is it mission accomplished for what you would hope to to uh, check the boxes with uh, Kimmy being your first Project 91 chauffeur? Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, I you know, we we the optics of of the whole thing were wonderful. We got some great content around it. Kimmy and, and his group were very engaged and prepared and. You know, we brought him a really fast race car and, you know, your first time doing a cup race, especially in this day and age, is really getting thrown to the wolves, no matter how much you you can prepare, just because it's there's just so much going on and so much to learn. And, you know, I thought he did a phenomenal job and 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 was, you know, he's fi- finding more and more pace in the race and, and the way that the strategy was lining up. You know, we, we were going to have a real shot, I think, at a top 10, at least a top 15 finish. So I was I was excited about that. I know that he really enjoyed his time with us the last two weeks. And, and, you know, I, I flew with him out of the racetrack yesterday and we had discussions about the future. And I think that he's motivated to give it more. I certainly think that he, he feels like he's got unfinished business, uh, but he, he enjoyed it enough and the pace was there enough that, uh, you know, he feels like there's a real opportunity to come back and be successful. But as far as mission accomplished hundred percent, I mean, it was really only going to be one race this year and we were going to be able to take a step back when it was done and and take a look at the whole thing and sort of figure out what the future looks like. But I think everybody uh, was really motivated to, to work hard and hopefully expand the program next year. And, and um, you know, I think we're going to have an opportunity to do that. You know, if there's one thing that you have espoused, even in the formation of this team, the, this, the, this vision that you've had, when you bring somebody like a Raikkonen in, it's great. You provided him with a great show and, you know, with a very competitive car, but I'm really, honestly, more interested in what having Kimi Raikkonen be part of your family did for all of the members of Trackhouse Racing, because you learn when you have experiences like that. So how is Trackhouse Racing and their legion of employees better thanks to Kimi Raikkonen? That's a great question. And one I've not gotten yet. I mean, I, I think that it's, it, it's just, it continues to build momentum within the company that we're all doing something special and something that, you know, I think everybody that's a part of the company feels like Trackhouse is uh, one of the most creative uh, and co- sort of groundbreaking, you know, motorsports brands out there, especially in NASCAR. Um, and I think that it just continues to build 
uh, loyalty and equity among our workforce because they 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 can all go you know Justin has these big ideas and these big visions and and you know uh, we can go do it we can do those things so I mean Project ninety one was was something that sort of was siloed a little bit from Trackhouse but very much a part of of the whole Trackhouse story and mission that's happening right now so um, so I mean I think everybody everybody's really excited about something like that. And I think when they see it come together and they see it successful, they get excited truly about what the future could look like and what the next thing is. So um, it was, it was just exciting for everybody in the company. And, and, um, and yeah, I think it just continues to to build that narrative among the workforce that it's like, you know, there's pride in saying that we work for Trackhouse. Well, and I think you hit the nail right on the head. I've heard guys that work for you mention the fact, Hey, my boss has got, big ideas has got a vision that maybe I, you know, don't totally grasp. So uh, I'm going to just cut right to the heart of the matter. What's the next big idea that leaves you sleepless at night as you continue to jot down the notes and get ready to pull the trigger? I mean, I have a lot of ideas. I think the, the, you know, it's the challenge is in making sure that the the things that we decide to do stay fundamentally uh, part of the overall mission of Trackhouse and we don't sort of lose our way when it comes to our personality and what we're trying to do. So, you know, I think it, it's it's hard because my ambition has has a tendency to sort of outpace what we're what we're capable of doing as a company because I kind of want to do it all and I want to do it now. Um, and so I have to sort of pull the reins back in on myself a little bit. But I mean, as far as the future of the brand and what Trackhouse is doing. I mean, I think potentially the NASCAR Cup Series is only is only the starting point. One of the things that I say is, you know, if 10 years from now or 15 years from now, I want to be able to to be able to look at people and say, remember when we were just a NASCAR Cup Series team? And, um, you know, so it's, it's, um, I have passion in all different kinds of motorsports. I think there's an opportunity once we build some real equity and some momentum with our brand and NASCAR that there's an opportunity to, uh, to grow that into other forms of racing, uh, which is something that I want to do. It just has to be measured and uh, it, it, the, the cadence of those things have to not jeopardize what we're building right now in the NASCAR Cup Series. So um, I guess I would leave it just at that. <laughs> I, I like that. Do you remember when we were just a NASCAR team? Strikes me that might be the comment that Justin Marks makes to the rest of the crew as they hoist a bottle of milk uh, as winners of the Indianapolis 500. I mean, look, you're a racer. And we're going to talk a little bit about your experiences, but is Indy on the horizon? I don't care if it's on the horizon way, way down the road or next year. I just get the impression that that's something you'd like to add to the track house story. Yeah, it's a hundred percent. It's a hundred percent a goal of track house. My father took me to the Indianapolis 500 in 1995. And that's, that's where, that's where this all started for me. I mean, you know, I watched Jack Villeneuve win that race and and I was 14 years old and completely blown away by the scale and the magnitude that motor racing could have uh, when I saw it there in person. And, and that really planted the seed that ultimately ended up being a career in motorsports. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I think the Indianapolis 500 is, is the greatest race in the world. I've always thought it's the greatest race in the world. And I think that, you know, when you're talking about global motorsports racing in the month of May, you're only talking about one race. So um, that's certainly, I believe in our future. You had the great opportunity. Now, look, you've never hung up your helmet. 
you know, we've traveled and in support races, all of a sudden there's Justin Marks and Trans Am, but you got an in- incredible opportunity to measure your abilities against some of the true legends. When you took a one-off vacay and came to my track, Stafford Motor Speedway, to try your hand at SRX Racing. Maybe it didn't quite turn out the way Justin Marks had hoped, but the takeaways had to be incredibly valuable to you as an individual, and more importantly, yet again, to your vision about Trackhouse. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Don Hawk and the group over there were talking to me about coming and doing a race, and I and I was sort of slow to commit and slow to respond, only because I just felt like I was punching above my weight a little bit. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm certainly not a legend of motorsport. And so, you know, being able to be on track with, with those guys is something that I felt like I had to get to the point where it made sense uh, for everybody. So, um, you know, I think I just got to the point where I said, if I say no to this, I might just regret it forever because these are, these are some of my heroes and, and it was, it was an awesome experience. I mean, I'm, I'm, I tell people I'm sort of in, I'm in the kind of the, the Dana White school of entrepreneurialism, which means, you know, I'm out in front of my brand and anything that I can do personally to get out in front, to promote and amplify track house and the brand, I'm going to do it. And so SRX was obviously an opportunity to do that because there's so many eyes on, on that series and be able to come to a place like Stafford that's so historic and, you know, y'all sold the place out and, and there were so many people there that were excited about seeing the event. Um, plus I got to, you know, I got to go wheel to wheel with some of my heroes. It was awesome. I mean, I, I got there late because I was running Trans Am in, in Wisconsin and I got like three laps of three or five laps of practice, something like that, and drew the five pill for the first heat with Tony Stewart next to me and Brian Newman behind me. And it was it was like, go. Um, and so I really felt like I was I was only really starting to kind of get the hang of it with about 10 or 15 laps to go in the feature. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't finish last, which was kind of my goal, but it was, it was, uh, it was just really neat to be a part of something like the SR set SRX series. That's, you know, a new and disruptive kind of thing. I mean, it's similar to sort of what, what track house is all about. And then to do it at such a historic racetrack, it was an awesome experience. You know, don't, don't, don't cut yourself so short. All right. What was so much fun to see afterwards, beads of sweat, your race uniform, just soaked. And then you get out and use the universal racer language. I forget whether it was smoke or one of the other drivers. And here's the hands going this way and that way. And describing what the car was doing, dude, you fit right in. Okay. And you know what? I think that's important, Justin, that you keep your hand in it. Because as you say, while you're a disruptor, you're also a racer at heart. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I, I, I uh, you know, it, it's, I haven't met any truly retired race car drivers. And I mean, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's hard to stay out of the seat. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to race here in a couple of weeks again. And because I think I feel like where I'm at in my life, I've got, you know, 20 plus years of experience behind the wheel, but now I've, I have, um, like kind of the mindset, uh, like I'm young enough. I've still got speed. I've still got aggression. I've still got courage, but now I'm sort of thinking more methodically. So I'm, I'm kind of driving as good as I've ever driven, which is sort of weird because it's really the second year I've been out of kind of a full-time racing role, but you know it, I mean, it's when you get bit by the bug, it's, it, it latches on and it's hard to let, let go. And, and, um, so, I mean, I, I find myself, you know, I can, I can, I'm pretty good for a few months. I'm pretty good for three or four months. And then I start, I start Googling schedules and seeing where things match up. So I'm, I got to get back in the race car again. Sometimes a Trans Am car. I ran a truck race this year. I, I ran dirt modified races with Schrader in Illinois and Missouri last year. It's kind of just, I don't know what it would, what it ends up being, but it's just, I got to drive something. 
I, I, I totally agree with you. Listen, this has been a real treat. I always love visiting with you. Good luck in the playoffs. Uh, you know, who'd have thunk? Two really great uh, performances all year in the regular season for both Ross and and for Daniel. And uh, nothing but of high expectations, I'm sure. We'll check in again a little bit down the road. Final question, just because he, he's been – He's been all over me. You know, that crazy Brazilian, you know, Elio. Is he burning up the phone to you? Because I'm sure after he saw Kimmy running that car, I got to figure he, he he is absolutely driving you crazy because he wants to run the Daytona 500 in 2023. I mean, Project 91 is, is you know, Elio is a good fit for that. I mean, for what we're trying to do, right? I mean, it's it it. it it works well. I think, you know, what I've been telling everybody, and I've had a lot of outreach, especially in the last 48 hours, is, you know, Watkins Glen and Kimmy was really about establishing this program and and making sure that Project 91 can work uh, inside a track house and that it gets the attention that we were hoping that it would get, which it did. And, you know, now it's all about the playoffs for the 99 and the one car. And I think once we get through the playoffs, uh, or at least deep into the playoffs, we can I can start sort of thinking about what the future of Project 91 looks like. I asked a lot of people in the company to to sort of work time and a half to make this Project 91 thing uh, go, um, and they did a great job of it. And and there there is a tremendous amount of opportunity out there. I've known Elio for a long time. Uh, it, it's he's a friend of mine. I'm a huge fan of his talent, his passion, uh, and I think he'd be a great fit. These things uh, have to, you know, they have to work out as as um, as Trackhouse, you know, develops. It all has to fit together. So uh, we'll continue to have those conversations as as I've had with a number of drivers, uh, and I'm really excited about what Project 91 will become next year. Justin, a real treat again. Thanks and good luck in the playoffs. Thanks, Jay. I appreciate it. Hey, car lovers, at Advance Auto Parts, we have what you need to keep your car running all season long. So if you enjoy getting ahead of the curve when it comes to taking care of your ride, Advance Auto Parts has everything to keep your ride on track to reach the victory lap. Because you can trust the team at Advance Auto Parts to assist you in finding what you need at the right price. Stop by Advance Auto Parts, where you're always number one. This is how we advance. A very special thank you to my guests this week, Ryan Hunter-Ray, Evan Shotko, and Justin Marks. Make sure you check in next week when my guest list includes A.J. Allmendinger, Michael Shank, and Claremont Speedway racer Ricky Bly. Until then, I'm Jack Aroot. Thanks for spending time with me today inside the wind tunnel. You've been listening to Jack Aroot's Wind Tunnel. Wind Tunnel is brought to you by Advance Auto Parts, the official auto parts retailer of NASCAR. Follow us on our social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And be sure to subscribe to Wind Tunnel's YouTube channel where you'll discover bonus content. I'm Lenny Baticki of Performance Racing Networks at the Track Show saying thank you for joining us today. See you again next week.